You are listening to a podcast from Vineyard Church of Augusta. For more information, visit vineyardaugusta.org. Each week in our Advent series, we're focusing on a passage of Scripture that the universal church is joining to to meditate on, to read, to study, uh, and also to pray. Something very powerful can happen when we take God's Word and we turn it into prayer. When we let the Bible become our prayer, we are praying uh, very much an inspired vocabulary. The Spirit-breathed Word of God, it becomes a prayer from our hearts. And it doesn't matter whether we are quoting it verbatim or whether we're reading it or singing it or paraphrasing it, it can become a powerful release of faith. It can help really energize and intensify our prayer lives. I'm going to switch gears for just a second and ask you a completely unrelated question. How many of you are into karaoke? All right, we got a few. We got a few here. I think I saw on the V Youth Christmas Party that karaoke is part of the V Youth Christmas Party this Wednesday night. That's very cool. Um, I have a very small history with karaoke. As some of you know, Mary Margaret and I have been known to rock islands at the, in the stream at Christmas, not, not at Christmas things, but at church parties. Uh, and she's told me we've done that all we're ever going to do uh, ever again. So if you heard it, you got to hear it, you got to experience it. You're, yeah, just know that. Uh, my most recent karaoke experience was at a Vineyard Pastors Conference. You'll be glad to know that. Uh, yes, I rocked uh, Ring of Fire. Yes, I covered uh, the uh, Man in Black's Ring of Fire wearing a pink hoodie. I did it. Isn't that a juxtaposition? Yes, but I did it. Yes, I did. So the thing about karaoke is this, if it's not you don't go and do your own original material, all right? Uh, it, it, it's the, the whole essence of karaoke, if, if karaoke has an essence, uh, is that you're doing your take on somebody else's song. So like if Bruce Springsteen shows up at the V Youth, Cari- uh, v Youth party this Wednesday night, and he, in karaoke, sings Born in the USA, it's not really karaoke then, is it? Because that's his song, right? It's not really karaoke anymore. So in a very, very rudimentary way, praying scripture is sort of like karaoke, but just at a much, much, much higher level, okay? You get this? The the words originated with someone else, but you get the opportunity to make them your own. This morning, we're gonna consider the prayer, a song of, of Mary, the mother of Jesus. And you may think praying this prayer Praying the prayer of the mother of Jesus uh, is, is that's, uh, it's like picking Whitney Houston's version of I Will Always Love You in karaoke, like this huge, iconic song that you, who are we, are we worthy to take the, the prayer, the song of the mother of Jesus and make it our own? But what we do see when we look at Luke chapter one, and that's where we're going to be this morning is that this is a big prayer, but it is a prayer of humility. It is a prayer that a young Jewish woman who had never, ever positioned herself or thought of herself in any kind of world-changing way expresses to a holy, loving God who sovereignly picks her, sees her, chooses her to do this amazing thing. And in this prayer, we see 
It has a wonderful prayer template for finding joy in worship and surrender. And that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. Um, I would encourage you, if you haven't already, take some time between now and Christmas Day and, and read through the Christmas story, the account both in Matthew but also in Luke. We're going to be in Luke this morning, and there's a lot going on in Luke chapter 1. Um, we find the account of the miraculous pregnancy of Elizabeth, uh, Mary's much, much, much older cousin, uh, Elizabeth's husband, Zechariah. He's a priest. In their very old age, they have a baby, John the Baptist. Six months into Elizabeth's pregnancy, the Lord sends an angel to Mary. Uh, Gabriel is his name. Uh, Gabriel, gives, Gabriel gives Mary the news that God has chosen her to be the earthly mother of God's son, Jesus, the savior for the whole world. Mary had her questions, of course, about how this could happen. She had never been with a man sexually, and she's wondering, okay, what, what are you talking about? How can this possibly be? And Gabriel explained this way. He said, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so that the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is a, going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is now in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. No word from God. And Mary responds with something that uh, many in the church refer to as Mary's fiat, her, her yes to God. Uh, Mary's response to the angel, uh, it's, it, this is medieval Latin for let it be done. And her response uh, to God at this request uh, through Gabriel was, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And Luke continues, Luke 1 continues with Mary going to visit Elizabeth. Uh, something beautiful, something powerful happens as soon as Mary arrives at Elizabeth and Zechariah's home. Remember, uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth is about six months pregnant at this point. So Mary enters their home, greets her cousin, and Luke records it this way, that when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit in a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. This, is, this had to be such a beautiful and powerful confirmation to Mary of the completely overwhelming thing that she had just experienced in her encounter with Gabriel, that she walks in not having had any communication with her cousin Elizabeth, and her cousin expresses this response of confirmation. I can't imagine how just relieving that was and how strengthening and encouraging what prophecy should be uh, even today. And to this, Mary responds with the song of worship and prayer that we're gonna give our focus to this morning. It is often referred to as the Magnificat, Mary's song. The Latin translation of the first words of her response of worship to God is probably the most famous song from all of scripture. Uh, but it is not totally original to Mary. 
That's uh, an interesting thing about it. Mary is being an example of someone who actually is using scripture uh, to inform and to give her own prayer and worship life uh, vocabulary. Uh, She prayed and worshiped using scripture using some of the very words of the mother of Hannah. Uh, who gave birth to, to, uh, to, to Hannah, the mother of Samuel, who gave birth uh, to Samuel. And she also was a woman who could not bear children. She and her husband were unable to conceive, and God gave her a, a child in Samuel. We read about that in 1 Samuel 2. And some of the very words that Mary responds to here in the Magnificat are found in 1 Samuel chapter 2. The incredible responsibility to give birth to the Son of God happened to only one person, Mary. But her prayerful response has something for all of us that we want to look at. And this is a call to rejoice in God. And this, this morning, is an invitation as we look at this passage to celebrate God's goodness, to celebrate his power, regardless of what our callings and our purposes are in life, that God has given each one of us a distinctive, unique, special purpose that he wants us to give him worship uh, for and in, and also to surrender in that. So let's read together Luke chapter one, beginning at verse 46. This is the Magnificat, the song of Mary, her worship and response to God. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has performed mighty deeds with his arms. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost parts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Let's pray together. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we love you. We thank you for sending your son Jesus to to be the gift of love, the ultimate gift of love to us. We thank you, God, that you love to do extraordinary things through very ordinary people. And Lord, that's why we're here. That's why we show up. That's why we're here to say yes to you. Lord, come this morning. Show us the purposes Show us the plans that you have for us. Show us the things that you are calling us to be, calling us to do for your honor, for your glory, Lord. I pray that our lives would be just like Mary's, lives of worship, lives of surrender to your good, holy, and perfect will. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Mary's song of worship reminds us all that God can and he will change human history through very ordinary people. 
We don't know a lot about Mary's background, but we, we have no reason to think that those who knew Mary and looked at her, maybe lived around her, um, would have considered her a remarkable or an exceptional person. We know that God sovereignly chose Mary for this incredible responsibility. God had a very, very special, very specific plan for Mary's life. And I want each of you who are here today and joining us online to also know this, that God has a very special and a very specific plan for your life and for my life as well. And from each of us, God is looking for the same kind of response that he found with Mary. Uh, Again, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Uh, God, what you say about me Let that be my identity. Let let it not come from the opinions of others. Uh, Let it not come from my own pride and pious ideas about myself, Lord, but let it come from who you say that I am. You know, this this thing of I am the Lord's servant, may your word to me be fulfilled. It's, It's another expression of the very prayer that many years later Jesus would teach his own disciples, when he taught them to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, Father, on earth as it is in heaven, earth beginning in me. And each day as we pray to the Father, the Son and Holy, Holy Spirit, we should ask in, in, a, in a place of surrender and worship, Lord, what does obedience to you and to your will, what does it look like today? And just like he did with Mary, just like he did with Mary, God can and he will change human history through ordinary people like you and me. But he's looking for people who will show up and faithfully ask, uh, God, what does obedience look like today? Lord, I'm here, I'm your servant. I just wanna do your will. He's looking for that kind of person. You know, and Mary's prayer, she, she provides us so much more than just a script for addressing God. In this, she also demonstrates a a beautiful heart posture, a posture of heart that we should all seek to emulate. Mary was a very humble person, and with humility and gratitude, we should recognize and accept the gifts and the callings that God has given to each one of us and use them to honor and to serve him. I, I love the interaction between these two cousins. Uh, Elizabeth and Mary. Elizabeth, who is now a very old lady, had desired children all of her life. She and her husband were righteous people, and they desired children all of their lives, but yet they, 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 they didn't have children. And then yet this very, very young woman who wasn't even married, Mary, she's, she ha- she's bearing the, the child of God. And they have this beautiful interaction, and Elizabeth is not jealous of Mary. She blesses what God is doing uh, in Mary, and, and, and Mary's so excited for her cousin Elizabeth and is joyous, and that is such a beautiful picture of how we are to view the, the various specific and special callings that God has for each one of us, and how we view the, God, the callings that God has for our brothers and sisters. That we're not to be jealous of them, that we're not to resent them, we're not to be envious of them at all. That is not the heart of God. Um, you know, when it, it's, it's about recognizing that there are some very, very 
incredible things that came with this calling that God had for Mary to bear Jesus. But there are also so much sorrow and hardships that came. Uh, She says, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. You know, on the surface, at face value, that could come across as a bit proud or a bit boastful, but that's not the case at all. It was simply Mary accepting the, the wonderful calling that God had given to her in being the person who would bear Jesus. As I said before, that calling also came with incredible joy and wonder, but also with great grief and with great sorrow. When it comes to our gifts and our callings uh, and humility, it's all about this. Pride refuses to accept God's gift, and pride also likes to take credit for the things that God and God alone can do and what he's done. Humility simply comes and it accepts God's gifts, and it uses them no matter what they are, no matter how great they may seem or how meager they may seem, uses those gifts to praise, to glorify, and to honor God. And I want to encourage you, just as Mary was, be a good steward of all the gifts, all the opportunities that God entrusts to you. Don't be distracted or deterred uh, or discouraged by maybe how the world sees the calling that God has on your life. Let's face it, we live in a a world that, that is completely contrary to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of darkness, it, uh, you know, it, it's all about who can get ahead, who can, who can have the most power, who can have the most money, who can have the most influence, not necessarily for good. It's about recognizing that Jesus came as a lowly, humble servant. His mother modeled that in this prayer. And we need to recognize that we are called to embrace the giftings, the callings that God has given us, and in humility, seek to use them to serve God's purposes and to honor him. This is a great time of the year to just evaluate. Are you, are you functioning? Are you recognizing the gifts that God has entrusted to you? Are some of you resenting some of the gifts that God has given you? God calls you to, to receive them with joy and surrender and to say, God, I... I I just encourage you, if you've been resistant, if you've been fighting God this year regarding maybe some of the giftings and callings that he has given you, let, let Mary's posture, let her example uh, be that that can be applied to our own lives so that you can experience joy, that you can experience a, a joyous, worshipful life. You know, only Mary was given the amazing honor and responsibility of giving birth through her body to Jesus. But for all of us, I believe that this passage is very much a prayer for Christ to be born in all of us so that we may then share him with the whole world. This is pretty cool about Mary. She was the first person to evangelize, the first disciple who gave the first Christian testimony to her cousin Elizabeth was used, uh, she won the very first convert in utero in the person of John the Baptist. Interestingly enough, In case you didn't know, Mary was a woman. Fancy that, yes. God calls us to be filled with his spirit. God calls us to be people who are overflowing in the power of the Holy Spirit that we 
that we walk in with the manifest presence of God in our, in our whole lives, in our beings, so that people notice. People are looking for God. They're looking for truth. They're looking for life. And God has called us to be his image bearers. He's called us to be people of his presence who share his good news, who share his love, who share his life. This morning, as I came into church, someone pulled me over and said, hey, I want to tell you about a story I had this week, just an opportunity to share God's goodness in my life and how it just led to just this wonderfully encouraging exchange between two strangers in a restaurant. There are opportunities like that all around us every day, but it's about us looking for them, being tuned in to the Holy Spirit and being ready to be instruments of God's love and his grace. One of the things that we see as we look through all the gospels is we see Mary's life carried out and lived out through all the gospels that Mary's song was not a one-time response, okay? This was a lifestyle, a long, lifelong expression of loving surrender to God and his purposes. As, as one writer put it, Mary was no mere carrying case for Jesus for nine months. That she was a profound part of God's plan of redemption for the whole world. Because Mary was there, yes, at the conception, Jesus' birth, throughout Jesus' earthly ministry, at the crucifixion, the resurrection, at his ascension. But she wasn't just there at the high-profile moments, okay, from the Gospels. She was there throughout the so-called hidden years of Jesus as a mother to a young child, a teenager, a young man, who was in their home in the workshop in Nazareth. Mary was there for all of Jesus' life. She was an interesting part of his ministry. Uh, remember the wedding in Canaan where Jesus' very first miracle took place? Well, Jesus and Mary were guests. Remember the host ran out of wine on like the third day and Mary told Jesus, hey Jesus, you need to go do something about this. And they had a little interaction and then Mary got a group of servants together and told them this, uh, the servants that assisted Jesus in his very first miracle here on earth. He's, Mary said this to the servants, and I believe she also wants to say this to us today. Do whatever Jesus tells you to do. Do whatever Jesus tells you to do. Those are, those are some really safe those are some really exciting, those are some really incredible uh, instructions, marching orders, do whatever Jesus tells you to do. That was Mary's heart. That was Mary's heart. She was speaking not as someone, hey, do what I say, not what I do. She was, she was living a life of worship and surrender and she was able to speak from that life to those servants then and to us today who seek to be servants of God. Mary's fiat was her yes to God to let his will be done in her life. Her yes led to the Magnificat, this wonderful song of worship and praise. And like Mary, God invites us to give him our yes, a yes that leads us into worship, that leads us into praise of God, of who he is, and all the amazing things that he has done. Our yes to God, expressed every day in worship and surrender, fills our life with the joy of his kingdom. God's kingdom is a kingdom of righteousness, of him coming and setting things right that are wrong, 
She expresses that how God comes and he brings justice. And notice how this prayer reflects so much of what Jesus preached about when he taught here on earth. It was a reflection, a foretelling of what he would speak and how his ministry would go forward. She said, my soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Like John the Baptist, when, when Mary entered the presence, John the Baptist in Elizabeth's womb leapt for joy. That's the kind of response, that, 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 that incredible rejoicing, that active, it literally means to jump for joy. And, and I think sometimes in our worship of God, we're just really too chill. Just too chill. There are times for all kinds of different expressions of worship. The Psalms show us that. We talked about how this, the 150 Psalms give us these amazing expressions of worship in all kinds of different seasons with all kinds of different emotional expressions, physical expressions. But there is a time when we are to be so overwhelmed with what God has done for us, who God is, that he is mindful of us. I mean, this is a young nobody in terms of Jewish culture and circles, and God has called her the, the God of the universe. Yahweh has chosen her to bear his son to the earth, the promised Messiah that Mary and Elizabeth and all Jewish people had been looking for and hoping for and praying for. And Mary's response was right on to worship, to jump for joy, to celebrate God intensely. Let us look for those opportunities and let us respond. Let us be mindful of, of the things that God has done for us, who he is, how he's shown up in our lives in 2023. And then to say, Lord, do that in 24. Do that, Lord. Let your kingdom come. Let me be your servant. Let whatever you tell me to do, I want to do it, Lord. I commit myself with your help, with your strength. My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. God, you're mindful of me. He's mindful of you, just like he was with Mary. He's mindful of you. He knows your name. He sees your face. He knows his good plans, his good purposes for each one of you. He loves you. He loves me. He loves, he's for you. He's for me. And it's about knowing that. It's about living in that and celebrating the fact that the ultimate way that he proved that is the season that we're celebrating, the gift of his son Jesus, the gift that continued to give and to give, ultimately giving his own life. And this morning, if you have not prayed to receive Jesus as the forgiver of your sins and the leader of your life, this is a gift that you can't earn, you can't be good enough for. This is not a bonus that, that you are up for because a really good year you had morally or you know, spiritually or ethically, that's not what this is about. This is about God, I need your grace. And God in his generous mercy and kindness and love has given us his grace, his love in Jesus. It's about receiving that gift, celebrating that gift, and, and saying, God, I want, I want, Jesus, I want, I want to, you to be 
birthed in me and born in me, and I want you to be lived out through me. Just as Mary gave birth to Jesus, God, I want to birth, uh, I want to be a vessel that gives birth to whatever your good kingdom purposes are for my life, for this time and for this season, for this year ahead. And God will honor that prayer. He will do that. And as we stand this morning, um, I just want to pray a prayer of blessing as our worship team comes up. And this is an opportunity in our worship to have a conversation with God, to express your praise, but also to listen to the Holy Spirit, what he would have uh, maybe point you to uh, in terms of what God is calling you to. May the Lord's word be fulfilled in me, in my life. Maybe this morning it's an opportunity for you to tune your ears to say, God, I, I thank you for all that you've done this year. And I also want to, uh, to tune my ear and my heart to hear what you're calling me to. And I want to be able to say, whatever your will is, Lord, I say yes to it. So Holy Spirit, we love you. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you for all the ways that you express to us your love, ultimately, in Jesus. God, let the, the worship the meditations of our hearts, the worship of our lives be pleasing to you, Lord God. Lord, help us to say yes to you in, in every way. Help us to hear your voice. Come Holy Spirit and shut down distractions, things that would distract or deter us from knowing that you're for us and that you're with us. Come and lead. Let your kingdom come, Lord. Let your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen.